Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Oh, we don't have time for that. Welcome back to the Bullshit <laughs> Filter. Gotta go. Episode 3.8. We're still talking about the Mexican loco weed in our last episode. Right. Ray, yeah. uh, we sort of covered uh, the fact that Mexican loco weed or cannabis been around forever. Humans have used it both yes. in terms of hemp for, for, for rope, for cloth, Neo for the, canvas, the for, yeah. Oh, for, yeah. for, for, for bow uh, string, shoes. For, for paper, for shoes, right. Yeah. Now uh, uh, we use it to smoke. We also use, cannabis is also used for these other things a little bit, but, you know, it's also been used as a drug at least going back to 500 BCE, um, probably a lot, lot earlier than that. And the human body is designed yeah. to 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 absorb. It looks like all of these cannabinoids that are produced by cannabis, not just to get you high, but to do a lot of other things. Maybe some good things. Yeah. Um, it's been around forever. And the, we started talking last time about the media coverage. The earliest media coverage I could find of cannabis. It's relatively positive. It's getting giving yeah. a relatively positive idea of of and a relatively accurate idea of the effects. It, you know, you get happy. Um, makes you sing and dance and laugh, and then you go to sleep. <laughs> the earliest, the earliest media coverage is relatively open, and then it starts to get crazy. We saw at the end of the last episode, they said, "Oh yeah, the Mexican Army." This is this newspaper, the Saint Louis Post Dispatch, which I explain is run by Joseph Pulitzer in the late nineteenth century, and it's it's a rag, it's a it's a tabloidy, right. shitty shitty little paper, but it's very successful. It says that uh, the Mexican army, the guys will sit around, smoke one blunt, which will keep them high for five days. Oh, we we yeah. start to see the stories go off the fucking rails right. here. I like this one from the Indianapolis News. This is from 1904. Marijuana, this is one right. with a G, which was common back then. Marijuana, it's like when you marry an iguana... <laughs> Um, is, is how you end up with this, Mariguana, is a common-looking weed and something new to California. Uh, no, uh, probably not, because California used to be called Mexico. Right. And They had the shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Though there is a species called cattle weed. The variety at the prison is the Mexican brand. It is worse than opium or its preparations. It is made into cigarettes, and a few strong puffs are inhaled into the lungs. If its use stops here, the smoker is mildly intoxicated. If he goes further with the smoking, he becomes really drunk and a few additional puffs overthrows his mind and he becomes a <laughs> lunatic. And this is my favourite bit. He will run backwards, imagining that all sorts of beasts are pursuing him. His condition becomes similar to one suffering from delirium tremens. Oh, God. So that article starts off okay. And then just fucking jumps off the edge of the cliff. Off the rail, exactly. Well, the, to add on to something you were saying a second ago, not only were reports in newspapers and ads uh, fairly accurate when it came to marijuana, also uh, studies that people were doing were also accurate as well as far as the positive, uh, positive things that they were going to say. And as we're going to see, when you throw in politics, when you throw in race relations, it all goes downhill from there. But again, just keep in mind that the newspapers, the ads, and some studies that we'll probably get into showed some very positive, non-threatening things about cannabis. 
and we will start to explore why the newspaper coverage seems to become increasingly uh, fucking batshit insane. Right. <laughs> Uh, here's one, uh, also 1904, the mm-hmm. uh, Pittsburgh Press from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, right. Christmas Day, 1904, because that's the time <laughs> I want to be reading about uh, Mexican loco weed. In hashish lies madness. Ah. Nevertheless, a druggist says habit is spreading consider- considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the headline. Horrors that attend it. It's another sub headline. A dream of happiness, which ends in awful awakening, total wreck inevitable. <laughs> now, this is how big this story is. It has five headlines for this story. Oh each one in a different font. Now, <laughs> the, the marketer in me, uh, the, the graphic yeah, designer yeah. in me goes, no, no. No, you can't do that. No. Why? Five fonts? Barry and Stan would never. No. Just yeah. pick two if you have to. And stick <laughs> That's what with I've that. heard. Two fonts. Mm. That's what I've heard. Mm. Um, now, uh, I, I won't go into the rest of the story, but I did read it. Basically, they're claiming that a druggist, meaning a, a, a chemist, a, right. a, a pharmacist, um, say, and he says, yeah, look, his story is it's very long. But he basically goes, look, I started using it, and then I went insane. And <laughs> everyone who uses you. it, yeah, goes insane. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading it going, really? So how are you writing this story then if you went insane? With my left foot. Uh, I could put the pencil between my toes and I'm writing with my left foot. This next one is from the Box Elder News, Brigham City, Utah, Mm -hmm. from July 6, 1905. Dangerous Mexican weed to smoke. Note that it's Mexican weed. right. Manuel Guerrero and Florencio Pino had the marijuana habit and for the last few weeks had been smoking big cigarettes in which tobacco was mixed with the dangerous weed. Mm. Tuesday afternoon, the two men smoked cigarettes composed of tobacco in smaller proportion than marijuana, and after a few minutes, ran amok. Backwards. They went out, they went out into the street shouting, vociferating, and attacking everybody. First, wow. they marched hand in hand declaring that they were the bravest men on earth and would kill anybody who <laughs> dared to say a word to the contrary. But at last, Pino declared that he was still braver than his friend. Uh-oh. And a fight followed, and the two received dangerous wounds. They were captured and sent to the hospital where they had to be put into straitjackets. Mm. It is feared that the two men, if they recover from their wounds will lose their minds permanently, as is often the case with marijuana smokers. What about their friendship? That's what I'm concerned about. And this story is apparently taken from the Mexican Herald, according to the Mm. Box Elder News. Um, I think they just fucking made it up myself. But Um, we're going to hear other stuff about straight jackets being used on marijuana users, because obviously that's the only cure. Yeah. Because increasingly, as you will see, it makes you insane. (laughs) The uh, Tampa Tribune, Tampa, Mm -hmm. Florida, March 6, 1926. Smoking hashish is the new Chicago habit. Um, Another phase of the dope evil, this time within the pale of the law, is alarming narcotic agents and social workers. Keep in mind that this is uh, in the middle of Prohibition. Right. 
Chicago's I'm going to do my Chicago prohibition. <laughs> Chicago's youths, boys and girls, still in their teens, are smoking hashish, a drug more powerful than opium, famous in legend and history as that which is said to have excited assassin retainers of the old man of the mountain in their nightmare deeds, according to J.L. Armour, chief of the United States Narcotic Division in Illinois, Indiana, and Kentucky. In a report issued recently, Omer bared startling facts of the spread of this habit, together with sordid tales of boys and girls in midnight cabarets, smoking the stuff for a kick, while in total ignorance of its fearful effect. The most popular form of the drug, which is obtained from the flowers of the cannabis indica, a Mexican plant, is marijuana cigarettes. These cigarettes, Omer declares, can be mort... Bought? I think that means bought. Not only from the Mexican peddlers who haunt the drab and darkened streets off Madison and Canal Streets, but from the drugstores in the heart of the city. They usually sell for 25 cents a piece. Ooh. Now, a um, few things I want to point out here. Marijuana is W-A-N-N-A uh, in this article. But you're buying it from Mexican peddlers. Right. Uh, the evil. According to the head of the narcotics division, and I think yeah. we're going to talk about him a little bit later on. Um, now, also this connection between it and assassins. Now, if uh, if you listen to our Syria series at the beginning of the Bullshit Filler, um, I debunked this whole connection between hashish and assassins. Right. Um, you know, it was sort of the, 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 in the 11th century, just to remind people, they had the hashashins. Mm-hmm. They were um, Shia who were like guerrilla warriors running around killing uh, political leaders and military leaders, um, you know, mostly Sunni and Christians. That's where we get the word assassin from. Now, there were some sources that claimed, and I think Marco Polo was one of these, that claimed that the leader of the uh, assassins would get them to smoke hashish before they went out on their assassination fucking runs. Right. Now, anyone who, who knows anything about smoking, we knows that's probably the last thing you're going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who am yeah, I going to kill? I think might have tried that a few times. Like, okay, everyone smoke the weed and what? No, turn those cartoons off. What are you? No, no, we've got we to go kill people. No. Where's yeah. Ray? He got trapped yeah. in the closet. Oh, get him oh, out. Man. Come on. Yeah. Look at the colors on my Persian rug, man. It's so, so beautiful, man. Look at that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that story it couldn't have gone over. Yeah. That yeah. story made the rounds. Here's one from the Detroit free press, uh, December 30, 1928. Uh, I posted this on Facebook cause it's got quite marvelous design and artwork on this one. They went to a lot of trouble. <laughs> a homegrown new drug that drives its victims mad. Raised in any backyard and smoked in cigarettes, marijuana is the most deadly narcotic now fought in the U.S. Really? The most <laughs> deadly narcotic. Um, the, the writer, Bruce Grant, says, Hashish orgies, rivaling those of ancient Oriental days, are being staged nightly in New York's Greenwich Village. Among a certain set, no party is considered complete without the drug. The participants in these narcotic rituals use cannabis americana instead of cannabis indica. The Mexican loco weed or marijuana instead of bang hashish or oriental hemp. Mm. Marijuana is a weaker sister of Indian hemp. That's not very nice being called the weak sister. (laughs) Come on, it's a bit harsh. But its effects produced through use of a greater amount than of the latter drug are the same in the end. Madness. Madness, this way lies. Sorry. 
The addict, after five years of smoking, becomes violently insane, is seized with a strange desperation that leads to violence and later to a fiendish desire to mutilate or kill. (laughs) Yeah, a bag of chips. Marijuana smoking appeals to a certain bohemian, free-thinking, imaginative group of artists, writers, musicians, and others who form an aesthetic group in New York's Latin Quarter. Well, yeah, they're the people. Well, you're supposed to be. I think this article's supposed to be turning me off of it. I'm reading that and going, "Fuck yeah, that's that's my, my that's people. my people." Yeah, free-thinking, yeah. imaginative bohemians. Sign me up, bitch. Where do I get in? I think it kind of backfired. I think a whole generation of people read this and went, "Where do I, where, where's Greenwich where, Village, man? Where do I sign how up? How do I get to yeah, yeah? How do I get to Greenwich Uber, Village? Uber. Can do you know where this is at? Yeah. It, it, I just wanted to, to touch on something you said a minute ago. So, throughout the 19th century, news reports and medical journal articles always referred to the plant's name as cannabis. However, uh, they started. Use eventually using the word marijuana, or it became it came into popular use in the United States in the early 20th century because anti-cannabis factions wanted to underscore the drug's Mexicanness. Obviously, it was meant to play off the anti-immigrant sentiments. So, whenever you you know you need a leg up or you need something to boost your argument, you throw in a little race relations, and it helps. So, again, before this time, everybody considered it cannabis. In fact. White Americans only knew it as cannabis until the newspapers started calling it marijuana in the early 20s. Yeah, and, and so not knowing much about this uh, period in the United States, I had to drill down into seeing what's driving all of this. Why are these media stories? Now, obviously, we know today that these stories are bullshit. Um, and that's mm-hmm. not to say that there isn't a small percentage of people that can have psychotic episodes when they smoke yeah. weed. Uh, usually they're, they're people that have some sort of mental illness anyway, and it just exacerbates that. But according to modern studies, it's a very, very, very small percentage of people and people who smoke weed. The, the, the vast majority of people who smoke weed have no negative effects. In fact, they have positive effects, psychological positive, uh, positive psychological effects, positive emotional and positive physical effects. So why are all these stories, and I'm not cherry-picking the bad stories here, the negative stories. I'm. This is every fucking story that I could yeah. find in newspapers.com. They increasingly just get outlandishly ridiculous. Why? Now, there's a couple of things going on here, and I, and I want to I want to drill down on this because this, this is the important part, I guess, of this whole war on drugs thing. Is mm-hmm. one of the things uh, the things I want to get across here is number one, understanding how we were manipulated in the 20th century by the media and by governments to have this negative view of drugs. And then we'll obviously want want to explore what the ramifications of that were. But we all know that these stories are bullshit. So why are these newspapers writing absolute bullshit, complete Mm -hmm. and utter Bullshit. What's driving that? There must be a reason or multiple reasons for it. They're not. It's not like they they went. Oh fuck! We've got a couple of free pages in the paper. Let's <laughs> it's, just it's, it's, let's make up a story. Let's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's let, you know. It's not like they 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 had a, a a hat full of story ideas and they just kept accidentally pulling out the marijuana <laughs> over and over horror stories. So there's a couple of things. So let's talk about those. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Mexicans, um, as, as I think I did in the first, uh, well, in the last episode. So 
cannabis only started to become a public issue in America after the Spanish-American War, mm-hmm. when more Mexicans started to immigrate to the U.S. Right, after the Mexican Revolution, uh, after the Spanish-American War, right. Well, first the Spanish-American War, which I think was late 19th century, like 1898 from mm-hmm. memory when we did the whole Philippines right. and Cuba thing. Then you had the Mexican Revolution, which was 1910 to 1920, which increased the flow even more. Right. You had war refugees and political exiles fleeing to the United States. I think this is around the period of Pancho Villa and, uh, you know, that sort of stuff going on in Mexico. Um, was was that earlier? Was that When was Pancho no. Villa? Do you remember? Uh, mm, no. Pancho Villa. Look this up. I think he was uh, early 20th century. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. He died in 1923. So, great Mexican revolutionary, um, you know, Pancho Villa. Look him up if you haven't heard of him. True, great story. We should do it. We should do a story on Pancho sometime. Was, was uh, he like the Mexican Robin Hood? I'm trying to remember what, what, he, what he did versus what he was supposed to have done. I'm trying to remember. Oh, well, there was, um, there was sort of, you know, uh, uh, after the Spanish got kicked out, you had, like, like you had in Cuba, you had um, a corrupt uh, military junta mm-hmm. that was sort of running uh, Mexico. Um, what was the guy's name? Uh, Carranza. Right. Yeah, Venustiano Carranza. Um, and, you know, he was... Uh, he was uh, Corrupt. Sort of a, 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 yeah, a, you know, bad guy. Hefe, um, brutal, came mm-hmm. from a rich, rich family, um, helped kick the Spanish out, but then took over and was pretty brutal. So Pancho and uh, Zapata, uh, sort of uh, Emiliano Zapata, teamed up against uh, Carranza. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know. Give him a bloody nose. Gotcha. And then the then the Americans got involved to support Carranza. So then he had to fight the Americans. Mm. Um, and Pershing was sent down right. to capture him, General Pershing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Villa went on the run, and then I think World War One happened, and and the Americans got involved in World War One, and, and and Pershing was recalled, and and Pancho ended up sort of retiring because Carranza died. He ended up retiring and became like a Hollywood star. Right. Star, star, started himself in Hollywood films, you know, did interviews, um, but died uh, quite young. I think he was only like 45. Died. Um, was assassinated. Um, so there you go. Anyway, mm-hmm. we should do a story on him at some stage. Cool. Anywho, mm-hmm. um, so the Mexican Revolution happens. More refugees end up in the United States. Um, and then also Mexicans are going, obviously, looking for work um, in the United States. But there was also deliberate um, uh, um, immigration happening as well. Americans were pulling Mexicans in. Um, the numbers are that I think the legal migrants from Mexico went from about 20,000 in 1910 to about fifty to 100,000 a year in the 20s. Mm. Now, it was partly driven by American capitalists looking for cheap labor, as it is today. Right. <clears throat> Which is what's so ridiculous about Trump and that, that <laughs> clip I played in the last show. They're sending their... No, they're not sending their fucking people. You're bringing them in. American capitalists are like, we need cheap labor. Yeah. Bring in Mexicans. 
It's not like sorry, the Mexicans are uh, uh, sneaking in and not being able to find work. Right. They're working for American people you know, in, in, their, in their domestic service and, and, and also, you know, doing the jobs that Americans don't want to do and or won't do for that price anyway, yeah. cheap labor. Well, five minutes from my house is a, is a series of cabins because I'm surrounded by a massive uh, apple field, apple orchard and a vineyard. The Mexicans come or wherever South Americans come up in the fall, you know, they harvest everything. They, they pick everything. They do work that no one else wants to do. And they, they pretty much go to church on Sundays and they, and they have fun with their, in their little community on Friday nights. And then they leave. And from what I've, cause I used to, hang out with some of them through the church, they pretty much make enough money in a couple of months working here. They save it up. They're very frugal and they can go back and they can live off that in Mexico or for wherever they're at for, for the rest of the year. And then they come back each fall and they just do it over and over again. They get a chance to get a break. They get, they get to come to a different country. You work and then you can go live relatively calmly and peacefully, not like a King, but for the, for the rest of the year. And then you come and work here in the fall. So we've had that going on ever since I've been here. That's been 15 years. And you're right. I mean, it's jobs that the Americans aren't going to do. Well, it's been going on for a hundred years, right? And I'm just talking about where I live, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that also happened is in 1924 there was an immigration bill put in place in the U.S. that sort of restricted the number of immigrants that could come in from Europe Mm -hmm. as well. So they couldn't get cheap labor from Europe uh, or as much of it now. So industry turned to Mexico. Um, as a source of cheap labor, particularly the railroads and the sugar beet industry, apparently, right. were the big ones that wanted to get Mexicans to come in and work because it was hard work, it was dirty work, and the Mexicans would do it at a lower price than most Americans would would want to get paid. Right, right. So the protests against the Mexicans at this point mostly came from the organized labor movement. Mm. Hey, these dirty Mexicans are taking our jobs. All right, will you, will, will you do the work for the same price they will? No, well, shut the fuck up. That's right. Um, your, your ultra-patriotic whites only, uh, they're ruining, you know, white America groups, KKK, people like that. Of course, they were obviously very prevalent in the, the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And your, your sort of civic leaders, your police, your politicians in the Southwest who blamed Mexicans for an increase in crime. It was, it was, you know, yeah. always point the finger at the uh, the the Latino guys. You know? Oh, right. it's the Latinos. Yeah. Well, the, when you were mentioning um, opium and cocaine and heroin a couple of episodes back, almost word for word, the the police officers in Texas were claiming that marijuana did certain things to the to these people. It, uh, it it incited violent crimes. It aroused a lust for blood. It gave them superhuman strength. It was a killer weed that was being you know given to unsuspecting American school children. That I mean, it was almost word for word. Just take out heroin and, and put marijuana. That it was doing all these bad things. It was making white women susceptible to to the Latinos. So again, it's, there's there's nothing new about this. They're just switching out the words in a very same formula, complaining. And since it's coming from cops, the average white American is going to want to believe this. They're going to have no trouble believing stories that are coming from police officers. Yeah. So it, 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 the whole, as we've said, the whole um, anti-cannabis stories, and it gets called marijuana to connect it to Mexico, mm-hmm. is driven in large part by this this um, 
white hate against Mexicans coming into the country. Right. Trying to build up grievances against Mexicans. Mexicans smoked marijuana, so they were like, oh, well, marijuana must be bad because it's associated with the evil Mexicans. Right. Now, the, the first jurisdiction in the United States to ban the sale and possession of marijuana was El Paso mm. in Texas, a.k.a. fucking Mexico. Uh, ex- <laughs> formerly known as yeah. fucking Mexico. <laughs> Um, in 1914, now they, they passed a law that gave police the right to search, detain, and question Mexicans without mm. reason. Oh my God. But just on the suspicion that they were in possession of marijuana. They were like, You think you're going to take back El Paso, boy? <laughs> you know, you're not taking, taking it back. So they were. they were worried about Mexicans coming back into right. El Paso. So they were able to s- s- detain them without. Uh, any real reason. Jeez. Here's the um, here's a story from the Belvedere Daily Republican, Belvedere, Illinois, from September 4th, 1915. Texas menaced by new dope weed. Oh, God. Causes much of recent crime along the border. <laughs> it is stated by the peace authorities on the Texas side of the Rio Grande that enormous quantities of the weed marijuana Right. being imported into this state from Mexico and that no inconsiderable amount of the crime that is being constantly committed by Mexicans of the lower class oh, in the border region is directly traceable to the consumption of the leaves of this poisonous plant. In El Paso, the devotees of the seductive marijuana fumes are so numerous and such a menace to the law that it order that... Fuck. Such a menace to the law and order that an ordinance was recently passed by the city council making it unlawful to sell or give away or to have in possession any marijuana or Indian hemp. The ordinance sets forth that the dangerous properties of marijuana and the increasing sale with resulting injury to public health and public morals demand such an ordinance and its rigid enforcement. The smoking of marijuana cigarettes has gained such a hold on the Mexicans of this region that the enactment of a state law prohibiting the sale or use of the drug in any form will be urged upon the legislature. The prisons of Mexico contain thousands of men and women who are insane as a result of indulging in marijuana. The awful effects of the weed were realized by the late President Porfirio Porfirio Diaz, Mm -hmm. and during the latter years of his administration, an order was in effect making it an offense punishable by death for any person to sell or give to any soldier marijuana cigarettes or the weed in any form. Now... Gets back to the stories we did in earlier episodes about uh, heroin and and soldiers, British soldiers in World War One. You don't want your army getting high, uh, <laughs> as much as your soldiers probably want to get high. <laughs> you don't want your soldiers getting high. It makes right. them bad for. I mean, it's, on one hand, the media's like smoke marijuana and you become an insane killer. Wouldn't you want your soldiers to be insane killers? You would think. Sounds good. You would, you would think. think you'd be like, Light get up, boys. that shit. Yeah. You're about to go into battle. Smoke one of these. Fu- and you only need one blunt. The whole army will smoke this one blunt. And it'll blow- cover them for a week. <laughs> blow it into your, the next to The guy next to you just blow it into his mouth. I'm sure he won't mind. Yeah. He's going to become an insane killer running backwards. You know, yeah, indestructible. Bullets won't be able to bring him down. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. So <laughs> the stories are all over the place. Hey, I'm sorry. When you were doing your articles, did you do the New York Times 
from February 21st, 1925. Mexican craze by marijuana runs amok with butcher knife. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I've got that. Um, okay. Well, Mexican family go go insane. No, that's slightly that different. A different one. Different oh, one. Oh no, I don't know. I just thought this was interesting. So again, this is the New yeah. York Times. A 27 year old uh, Latino guy works at a hospital. He's a former Mexican Marine. He gets high. He goes into the hospital's kitchen, grabs a knife, kills the cook, kills four patients. He's eventually arrested, taken to jail, put into a straitjacket. And when he comes down, he says he doesn't remember any of it happening. I'm thinking, one, he's not mentally stable, or two, that wasn't just marijuana. It might have been laced with something. But again, when, when white America reads this, they're thinking, oh, my God, you can be a decent person. But if you sm- even if, you, if you're a decent person, you smoke something, you could become a deranged killer, and you won't even know what you're doing. How, how, would they, how could they not be afraid, a, a, as it's intended? And the other option is these stories are just made up. They're right. just made up to titillate and scare the fuck out of white people. Because it, like none of these stories that we're reading make any sense. Yeah. Like, we know that weed doesn't do this to people. So the stories aren't real stories. That Somebody is making this shit up and either feeding it to the media or mm-hmm. the journalists are just making it up. Yeah. You know, because it sells papers. Right. Um, I found this great article in the Santa Ana Register, Santa Ana, California, September 2015. It claims to be a letter to the sheriff of Orange County from a Spaniard who's lived in Mexico, warning him about the dangers of the murder weed, as they're now calling it. Right. Murder weed. In one section, he says, Last week, I have seen in Los Angeles... I have to do my Spaniard. uh, Last week... My name is Inigo Montoya. Last week, I had seen in Los Angeles a white man smoking it in the street. Main Street, corner of the plaza. Of course, after 15 minutes or so, that citizen, he become dangerous. <laughs> and I have seen three policemen, unable, three, three policemen, three, 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 three policemen, <laughs> unable to reduce, all of the stress, three policemen, unable to reduce him or put him in the patrol wagon. Damn. Um, so again, fuck, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, well, unless this guy was like, you know, Hulk Hogan or yeah. Andre the Hulk Giant. Hulk smash. Right. <laughs> so he, he left that bit out. His name, I believe, was Andre the Giant. Um, <laughs> now, the plant was first outlawed statewide in Utah in 1915. Mm-hmm. Good old Utah. Um, and I've got the front cover of the Ogden Standard from September 25th, 1915, Quite a beautiful uh, uh, front page, I've got to say. Go and check it out on our Facebook page if you haven't seen it, folks. Um, or just Google the front page of the Ogden, I don't know, standard, maybe. It's like beautifully hand-drawn and photographs and, and, and you know, this beautiful handwritten font and, and, and illustrations. It's quite, quite beautiful, uh, quite an amazing front cover. But it says... Is the Mexican nation locoed by a peculiar <laughs> weed? <laughs> Deadly marijuana rolled in cigarettes becomes the curse of the Southern Republic and may account for the b- bravery, in inverted commas, of greaser, in inverted commas, bandits Ooh. who defy the United States. Ah. The insanity of Queen Carlotta is accounted for in the familiar historical legend of the poisoned tea. Do you know about Queen Carlotta, the Empress Carlotta? 
I've heard the name, but I don't know the story. She was, uh, I think she was maybe French. Um, she ended up going, she was royalty, went to Mexico to marry the uh, emperor of Mexico and uh, ended up, had mental um, stability issues, became paranoid. And right. I think they ended up sending sending her back to France and um, maybe she was Spanish. I don't know. It would make more sense, I guess. Anyway, yeah, the, the, the stories in the media at this time say that she went insane because she was smoking marijuana. That's what drove her insane. Um, right. Turns out she just had mental issues because she was royalty and, you know, they all fuck they each all, other and yeah. <laughs> bread and they're all fucking crazy. Yeah, and I'm a good at you, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to... Um, um, I just wanted to share one more story about how impossible this stuff. Los Angeles Times, 1905. This guy gets high, takes six policemen to put him down. They have to put him in a straitjacket, and it says, Such occurrences are frequent. People who smoke marijuana finally lose their mind and never recover it, but their brains dry up and they die, most of the times, suddenly. So it's trying to scare the shit out of you, and then it says, Oh my God, not only will you never recover, but then you'll just be, you know... And you're gone. So again, just absolutely bullshit uh, coverage or bullshit news about what the effects of marijuana. This is from The Sun, New York, uh, 1915. Worst vice in the world. There is one border vice as yet confined to Mexicans. This is the use of a terrible drug called marijuana. Cocaine, opium, and morphine are nursery tonics compared with marijuana. (laughs) No! One who takes it becomes instantly mad Asleep. and proceeds to do whatever is in the mind with an insane courage. Oh, God. An educated Mexican informed the writer that two-thirds of the fightful crimes of Mexico are directly traceable to marijuana. He even suggested that Pancho Villa was an occasional user of the drug. Um, so not... You know, using it for five years sends you mad anymore. Now you become no. instantly, instantly mad. Yes, you'll never recover. So basically, the American troops could have caught him, but he was using this wonder drug to be able mm. to fight them off. So it's not the American soldier's fault. It's the fault of this this dangerous drug. Now, as I've mentioned uh, educated medical people knew well before this that cannabis didn't cause psychosis in most people. Um, in 1894, there was an Indian-British study of cannabis in India uh, put together mm-hmm. by something called the Indian Hemp Drugs Commission. They had a report in, in came out in 1894. There was a seven-member commission put together mm-hmm. by the government of India, which was, you know, British, um, that was put together to look into the effects of cannabis because they were hearing all of these stories that had drove people insane and they actually, you know, surprisingly enough, went, I don't know, let's fucking study it and see what the science says. Holy shit, that's a crazy, crazy approach. Before you go into the details, yeah, so the British had had tried to criminalize cannabis in their parts of India in 1838, 1871, 1877, but it wasn't working. And just like you said, instead of just doing something extreme, instead of doing something radical, the British officials there went, well, okay, okay, before we get crazy here, let's find out what we're dealing with, which apparently is something new. And they didn't fuck around either. No. This report was 3,281 pages long. Of hemp paper. No, I'm just joking. 
<laughs> they smoked the whole thing. No one ever got to read it because they <laughs> sat around, it. lit it on fire, <laughs> sung Kumbaya. Uh, they interviewed 1,200 people, Ooh. doctors, coolies, yogis, fakirs, right. heads of lunatic asylums, peasants, tax gatherers, smugglers, army officers, hemp dealers, Ganja wow. Palace operators. That's I what I'm putting, on my, I'm putting <laughs> on my next business card, yeah. Cameron Riley, Ganja Palace operator. <laughs> and the clergy. Wow. They visited they asylums all over India to mm-hmm. study whether or not Ganja caused insanity. And the report stated, in respect to the alleged mental effects of the drugs, the commission have come to the conclusion that the moderate use of hemp drugs produces no injurious effects on the mind. Mm -hmm. They also said, in regard to the moral effects of the drugs, the commissioner of the opinion that their moderate use produces no moral injury whatsoever. Now, they did go on to say, yeah, listen, if you go overboard with this stuff, it can fuck up your life. Right. Um, but moderate use has no effect, no injurious effect. Anyway, it doesn't, no bad effects. Good effects, yes. Bad effects, no. So this is 1894, a 3,281-page fucking report. Right. Now, I know the internet, you know, dial-up was still slow in 1894. <laughs> Pretty much hasn't changed in Australia since. I think I'm, I'm <laughs> still <laughs> running the <laughs> 1894 <laughs> internet. But... You can't tell me that, you know, governments around the world, medical professionals around the world didn't hear about this. Why isn't this turning up in all these fucking media stories that we've been quoting from 1905 and 1915? Why are they going, uh, well, the uh, government of India produced a 3,000-page fucking (laughs) report that said, actually, it's it's, it's pretty good. You know, it's no problem. No (laughs) one mentions it. Yeah. I just wanted to add one more thing the report said, just to show you how honest they were. They said, the injury done by excessive use is, however, confirmed almost exclusively to the consumer himself. They're like, yeah, so if you do a ton of this, you will fuck up your life. But society in general, we're good. So, so again, they were just being honest, like, you can fuck yourself up, but it's you're the one who's being screwed up, not, not the entire village or, or your family, whatever. It's you. So they really looked into this thing. Now, of course, the British government, uh, when they got a copy of this report, immediately and forever legalised marijuana in uh, the British Empire. And everything was fine. Not. Not. (laughs) Um, No, they just threw it in the fucking bin and went, well, shit, well, that was a waste of money. Um, And then in 1928, along with most other countries, we talked in earlier episodes about the uh, 1925 International Opium Convention, that uh, was put on by the Americans, driven mostly by the Americans. The right. United Kingdom prohibited cannabis, along with everything else, as a drug, um, and they uh, added it to their Dangerous Drugs Act of 1920. Now, 40 years after that, in 1968, <laughs> the uh, British government uh, had another investigation into the effects of cannabis. It was called the Wooten Report. The Wooten Report again concluded that marijuana was completely harmless. Didn't matter. But nothing changed. They threw that report in the bin as well. 
And, and just to give you some more perspective, the British colony of Jamaica passed their own ganja law in 1913. South Africa did it in 1922. The UK and New Zealand passed their own laws banning this stuff in 1920. So whether it was for legitimate reasons or because of the scare, the, hor- the horror stories that they're hearing in the newspapers, these, slow- these countries slowly do begin to pass their own laws in the early 20th century. Now, as for Australia, hemp seeds were apparently part of the cargo of the first fleet when the British invaded Australia in 1788. Wow. Um, And trust me, if you just spent six months on a leaky boat coming out to this place, (laughs) you want to get fucking high as well. New Zealand band Split Ends uh, from the 70s, early 80s. You ever heard of Crowded House? Yeah. Love Crowded House. Uh, uh, Well, Crowded House was the band of Tim Finn. Crowded House, uh, sorry, Crowded House was Neil Finn. Right. His brother Tim Finn had an earlier band, Split Ends, his older brother. And and, and Neil Finn was, was in Split Ends for a while as well. I think he actually might have fucking written uh, that song. It sounds like his. Yeah. Um, good band. Check it out. Yeah, good good band. Um, they came out of New Zealand, big in Australia, big in New Zealand in the 70s and early 80s. A lot of good songs, but a lot more sort of, you know, poppy than um, right. Crowded House, which was sort of, I don't know, folky, poppy, whatever. More chill, more mellow. Um, so, yeah, uh, came out to Australia in the First Fleet, was grown for more than 150 years, hemp, in Australia, um, mostly for commercial reasons. But then in the 20s, Geneva Convention, Australia got on board as well. They put cannabis in the same class as heroin, cocaine, and other hard drugs. Mm. Um, did no research into it before banning it. Uh, <laughs> Follow it the outlawed, leader. Yeah. Outlawed in Victoria uh, in 1928. Other states uh, did it not long after. Um, you know, basically they were just put under pressure uh, as part of the Geneva Convention. If you want to be on board, uh, you need to uh, ban these drugs. Don't right. don't question it. Don't do any studies. Just fucking do it because we don't like Mexicans, uh, I guess is the argument wow. here. Yeah. Um, and so it was basically outlawed all over the world by the 20s. Mm. Except in America. Which we'll come to. Uh, <laughs> let's leave it for the next episode. Okay. Fuck it. We're going to cut this one short as the uh, Jewish Moyle 
Moyle said. So uh, I think that's it for this week, Ray. Um, We'll be back next week. Next week we're going to pick up the story of Harry Aslinger because we've caught up to the 1930s now. We're going to talk about what happens in 1930 when Harry Aslinger sets up the uh, Federal Bureau of Narcotics in the United States. Before we do that, let me read another review, um, maybe longer than last week's review, which is <laughs> online. And this is no, this is still one line. This is from um, Erica Tay one eight five two six. You know, if, uh, poor Erica. Like Erica, she tried to register Erica Tay. <laughs> Erica one. Um, Erica that was two. Gone. One. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 there was eighteen thousand five hundred twenty-five. She's like, fuck. Actually, 526 is because the first one didn't even have a number at all. Right. She had to go through before she got that. But you gotta, you got to admire Erica's uh She stayed diligence. with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah persistence yeah. is the secret to success, kids. <laughs> Erica Tay18526 from the United States. The very best. I listen to your podcasts at work. Thank you for all the laughs. You guys are so entertaining. Now, Thank you. unfortunately for Erica, after she spent... All that time, <laughs> trying one, two, three. <laughs> After 18,526 efforts to, to, to come up with a username that wasn't taken, she had no energy left to actually write a review more she than uh, 15 words long. But, um, yeah. you know, we'll take we appreciate, it. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. We do. I'm not picky. Uh, so thank, <laughs> thank you, Erica. <laughs> Uh, send us an email uh, with your address, and we will send you a thank you gift for you a know full not a huge effort, mug. honestly, fifteen yeah. words. Um, but you but know, her heart was in it. Well, it's the thought that counts, is right. Okay. Chrissy often says, "I she you know we go to bed at night." She says, "Listen, um, I'm not going to have sex with you, but right. you know I, I thought about it." Yeah, uh, and I go, "Well, it's the thought that counts, really." <laughs> um, <laughs> then you roll over, and I'll a tear hits the pillow. And, yeah. Think of Ray. Um, we'll be back next week with more mm, bullshit-filled marijuana. <laughs> but mostly just talking about our mate Harry Anslinger, yeah. the gunslinger. Yeah, we don't have time for that.